Hey guys, I'm AP. And I'm your girl, Black Mamba. And we are the hosts of the Hate Journals, a weekly comedy podcast. We know we aren't the only ones that get annoyed by the daily grind. And lately, there's a lot to be annoyed about. And we get it. Join us each week as we roast and toast all the things that we love to hate. Nothing is off limits as we rant, rave, and laugh our way through our own experiences, current events, and so much more. So tune in weekly to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on our website at thehatejournals.com. That's right, guys. Let us help you get you through your week every week with The Hate Journals Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Bye. Just a heads up, this show will be coming out late as you hear it, as, if you're, as you're hearing it. Um, I'll announce it on my Instagram, so you guys will see it before you guys even hear this. But the um, show will be coming out late. It will come out Monday, just later in the day. Usually I have it scheduled for, uh, I think, 4 o'clock Mountain Time, which is like 6 o'clock Eastern Time. But I, I'm just with the edits, adding some new things, um, I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. So, anyways, what you heard at the top of the show was some friends of mine from another podcast. I actually didn't know anything about them, and uh, we've been reaching out back and forth to each other to help promote one another, and I finally did get a chance this week, this past week, to listen to a couple of their episodes. Uh, They're entertaining. They're funny. Um, I I like them. You know, I think you should check them out for sure. No, I know you should check them out for sure, Um, and I will put a link in the in the description to their show and um you're, you're gonna be hearing their commercial all december um uh, i just think that you know we should all work together and like i said they their shows entertaining it's pretty actually pretty funny um and i don't listen to many podcasts but um i become a fan really quickly of their show so uh thank you for your support thank you for giving them support and giving them a chance so uh Anyways, let's get to this show, our show, a show you tuned into, and boy, oh boy, did I hear Venom. Did I get Venom last week when the show was only 15 minutes, minutes and it was a review of the Survivor Series. Boy, oh boy, did you guys let me hear it. Um, Look, some shows are going to be like that, you know? Like, to me, I started thinking as I was recording, because I actually was, I started recording the show, then I stopped myself and said, what are you doing? Like... By the time people hear this, Survivor Series would have happened. Something newsworthy would have happened at Survivor Series. Well, at least that's what I was hoping for. And it did. There was some some decent matches on there. And um, that's why I decided just to do the review of the pay-per-view. Um, I just, I don't know. I just 
didn't think that hearing older reviews of shows was a big deal. But you guys let me hear it. But just so you guys know, in the future, that still may happen. If I'm not feeling, if I'm not feeling it, I will just do a review of the pay per view and, and call it a day. You know, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, that that one was more new. to me. It was less news I wanted to talk about. There were some things that happened last week, but it was less news that I wanted to talk about. So, especially since you guys, anyone who anyone who listens to a wrestling podcast or anything like that. You guys get so much news and consumption throughout the week, and I do appreciate you guys want my opinion on it. But sometimes I'm just like, man, that's been too—it's been talked about to death. I just don't want to talk about it. So that's where it was. But trust me, I heard you guys loud and clear last week. You guys were not happy. Um, this is the last show in November, as the Wednesday show will be the first show of December. And then we will have our match of the month. Both shows have already been uploaded. And um, the match of the month is something that um, I actually didn't even know the match of the month was going to do until like last week. Or it was last week. And it's, it's a very unique match. Um, and the story was more important than anything. Otherwise, I, th- I think it's only been like two or, or three of those kinds of matches in, in wrestling history, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, Wednesday show. I had it wrong last week. I thought I hadn't, like, uploaded the explanation, but I did upload it because I up, the Wednesday shows are, are pretty much all complete for the rest of the year. And so I've been uploading them, and I complete, so I think this week is, like, the power review. But you know what? Don't quote me. Just subscribe and listen. You'll find out what it is. <laughs> as, I was, as I was uploading new shows, I was like, holy crap, that's already uploaded for next Wednesday. Like, All right, whatever. And so anyways, I had it completely, completely wrong. But this is what happens when you do the podcast. It's like, I do it sometimes at 9 o'clock on Friday night. Sometimes, what's well, like 6 in the morning now. So it happens sometimes. So bear with me. Um, so anyways, let's get into it. Let's talk about... Let's talk about SmackDown. Before we get into SmackDown, though, you guys should watch Talking Smack, the confrontation between Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman. So a few months ago, Dave Meltzer reported that the story between Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns is when Roman Reigns came back, Roman Reigns uh, grabbed Paul Heyman from the abyss because everyone else had just left him out to pasture. And so that's how... So it's on a personal note... That Heyman is loyal to Roman. So Heyman kind of alluded to that when he's, when, uh, in his promo. There were good reasons, but like he didn't, and why would he come out and say, hey, this guy has really brought me back and helped me get some money when everyone left me out the pasture and I owe him, so I just have to do what he wants. Um, so, it's not in Paul Heyman's character to do that, you know. It's in Paul Heyman's character to be a worker. Well, him and Kevin Owens had a great back and forth. And uh, Heyman was extremely complimentary. If you think about it, Heyman is usually very complimentary of all of the opponents that face his his guys or gals. Um, and he said to Kevin Owens, hey, this isn't personal. I have to say this. 
and, and, and I don't want to get smacked, but you know, I have to do what I have to do. And uh, Kevin Owens said, "Do what you do, Paul. It's fine. I'm coming for the Universal Title." After that, this is all a result of what happened on SmackDown, which we're going to get into now. Um, uh, but all this is a result of what happened on SmackDown and Kevin Owens calling out Roman Reigns. And to me, KO was great in talking smack. He was great on SmackDown. Um, he, he calls, he, it's Roman Reigns and, uh, Jey Uso and Paul Heyman backstage as locker room. And Owens calls him out. Owens says, Hey man, you got in his head and, and it, it ain't right. He says, for someone who talks about family, you treat yours like trash. And so now Jey Uso is like, I'm going to handle it. So him and Owens and Jey Uso have a match. Uh, Jey Uso gets disqualified on purpose when he brings it, still cheering him into the, the fray. But Owens gets the, the, the upper hand and begins to destroy um, Jey Uso. But then he looks at the screen. He, say, he calls Roman out. He says, hey, I'm going to fight. And so... Um, on Instagram, Roman, who's been so good when he need, oh, it wasn't Twitter. It was probably Twitter. I don't have a Twitter, so he was doing. He said, "You should have had no other interest but the Universal Championship. You disrespect my blood. You disrespect me. Now you have my attention." And like, it's clear they're setting up for TLC to be Roman Reigns defending the Universal Title versus Kevin Owens. This would be the first time they've ever had a battle where the roles are now reversed. When they had the feud. Two or three years ago, it was three years ago probably, when Owens was the Universal Champion, um, it was the other way. Roman was the champ. Roman was the, the not the champ, and he was the heel, I mean the face, and Kevin Owens was the heel, and he had Jericho to back him up. Um, they had some really good matches. Um, Owens never lost to Reigns when when he was the Universal Champion, and this would be Owens. First Universal Championship match since he lost it to Goldberg. So um, this was all good stuff. This continues to be compelling. And Kevin Owens just calling Reigns out to his face. Saying, hey, man, I'm tired of you using SmackDown to handle your family grudges. And, like, just... And why wouldn't Owens be the guy to call out Roman? You know, and Roman just a lot of times just... That, that calm demeanor... See, that's where he's different from Brock. Brock would eventually put hands on this guy. Reigns is just kind of looking, observing, and letting whoever get whatever they need out. Because then he's like, all right. And I don't know what this means for Jay. Jay continually just disappoints. At the beginning of the show on SmackDown, Reigns just dresses down Jey Uso, which then causes him to snap. He attacks Otis before Otis's match. He attacks uh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan has a match against Sami Zayn where he, if he wins, he gets a shot at the IC title. Sami Zayn runs to the back. Daniel Bryan then runs to the back to get him. All of a sudden, you just see Sami Zayn come back, and no one knows what happens to Daniel Bryan. Zayn wins by countout. All of a sudden, you flash to the back, Jey Uso is just def- destroying Daniel Bryan, which obviously that's got to be the le- next match on the docket after Owens loses to Reigns is the Royal Rumble, Reigns versus Bryan. Um, and uh, and he just beat him up. Kevin Owens makes the save or whatever, but like once again, the family drama, what the stuff he's putting in Jey Uso's head, the stuff, the, the pressures that Jey Uso feels... 
You know, it's like it's it's it is causing a rift in the SmackDown locker room, and Jey Uso is just attacking people. So now they have to go for the head of the table. They have to take that championship away from Reigns to show that he is not the head of the table on SmackDown. It's not his show and all this good stuff. And so all these things are like so many interwoven storylines to where Sami Zayn is then looking for an interview because this guy be a conspiracy that no one appreciates his historic air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. I see title run. Well, then all of a sudden Big E then comes in and now it looks like he's in the fray for an IC title match because now he is saying, "Hell, oh, you want to, you want to, you want uh, a ten clap, a ten count clap," and he grabs him by the hand and you know gives him a handshake. And obviously, the thing they're trying to insinuate is he's been grasping the hand, and Zane's hand is crumpled up and destroyed, and or whatever. Uh, so, like all these things that were interwoven, pretty much. So, to, in my opinion, it was done pretty well, and it was done pretty well considering the fact that. Um, Apparently, Vince McMahon came late to SmackDown again, and the show was rewritten within the last the hour before the show started. I know for a fact they didn't promote anything for the show until like 7.50, 7.55, Eastern Standard Time. Um, so it, to me, it went pretty smooth. Um, but I do think because of the storylines, all except for the Murphy and Mysterios, which I'll get into in a second, are pretty interwoven. Um... In the tag team title match, I'll say that's the other one that's kind of out of everything, but everything else is just kind of mixed together, but not in a bad way, because because of how smoothly it was running, you know, on this show at least, and um, and so and to me, I just think that was a really good thing the way the show was laid out, considering what you know the mess it was supposedly, but you know it seems like Vince just uh. Hmm. How do I say this? Or how do I want to say this? It just feels like Vince is just less committed to SmackDown, even though that is clearly the A show right now. Some people may say NXT, but that's not Vince's. Vince, that's Triple H's. Out of the two shows that are considered Vince's, SmackDown is the A show, in my opinion. So, um, all those things happen. Once again, this whole Roman Reigns thing. And in, in, in the ripples it's causing, I'm just intrigued to see where it goes. I know people are thinking that Big E's going to get the shot at WrestleMania. He's going to win the Royal Rumble. They need to start pushing him right now. We're going to be in December by the time the next SmackDown hits. If he's going for the Intercontinental title, he I don't know if you can ca- cause him to lose that match. How, how does he get, you know, or I would say he could do the, the, the John Cena move. He wins the Intercontinental title again, and then he goes to the Royal Rumble. He wins the Royal Rumble, if you need him to win the Royal Rumble. But let's say, hypothetically, when he wins the Royal Rumble, and then Roman Reigns can then cost him, or Jey Uso can cost him the Intercontinental title at the February pay-per-view, uh, Elimination Chamber. Um, but they're going to push him to be in, because Roman Reigns is main inventing WrestleMania. No women are main inventing, unless, unless Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch come back. There is no other main event on the woman's side that can trump what the Roman Reigns story is doing. That Roman Reigns story needs a culmination at either WrestleMania or the pay-per-view after. So if he's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania, they need to start pushing him right now. Um, other notes on this show. 
Uh, Rude and Ziggler defeat the Street Profits in a non-title match, which I would assume puts them in line for a tag team championship match. I want to say, haven't the Street Profits had those tag team championships for over a year now? I would need to like seriously like look it up. My my phone is somewhere else in this room. I don't know where it is. It's on the floor over there. Um, I would say they're if they if they haven't had the tag team championships for over a year, well. Technically, the, lean, the lineage is different now because they, they have the SmackDown tag team tiles. But they've had tag team gold around their waist for a year at least. It's I don't These guys aren't a team to lose it to. But it's time for them to be in a real tag team feud. But once again, the main roster is so uh, devoid of tag teams. So that's kind of hard to do. Um, I did think that the Shasha Banks attack on Carmella was pretty cool. Carmella's cutting a promo, and then she snaps her fingers, and um, she's saying how she's now in control, and all you see is this four-finger ring, hand her uh, a glass of wine. She looks at the four-finger ring, and the four-finger ring turns to reveal it as boss. You see Carmella's look. She just looks at her. Uh, Sasha then throws the, the, the champagne in her face and begins to beat her down, and um, this is obviously just... All, everything is filler until WrestleMania, when we have Bianca, who's going to win the, the Women's Royal Rumble. And if you think about it, this year, it's, it's a parallel. Remember, like I mean, I know Diesel didn't win it, but the Diesel spot went to Bianca last year in the Women's Royal Rumble, and the person to eliminate her was Charlotte Flair. Now, I know Charlotte Flair, I don't think, I don't think there is a timeline for Charlotte Flair to come back, but if she comes back before Mania, which I would have to think she would, I don't think they're going to have her win the Royal I I know you guys are gonna say they love her. They do love her. She doesn't need to win the Royal Royal Rumble. She didn't need to win it last year. Um, she could have went to NXT and challenged Rhea Ripley. But Bianca had the Diesel spot in the Women's Rumble match last year or this year. She's gonna get the win next year. She's clearly the one they're gonna push. There's no other woman on the roster that needs to win more than her. And and once they need, I mean, she needs it just to get more and more momentum, because she remember she left NXT early, so she never even won the NXT Women's Championship. There's so many things for this talented woman to do. So the start of her, her accolades begins January, begins in Florida, begins with her winning the Women's Royal Rumble match. Um, but she started a feud on this show with uh freaking uh bailey and um she did win natty she defeated natty with a roll-up there was a lot of roll-ups this week i'll tell you that dolph ziggler rolled up uh montez Ford with a roll-up to win their match a lot of roll-ups yeah i'll i'll leave that there um but bianca versus bailey is going to be awesome at tlc um that's going to lead into a feud at the rumble and, and her probably eliminating bailey there as well um so, this overall was a strong show. I enjoyed this probably the best of all the shows. Uh, but AEW was strong, NXT was strong, and Raw was raw. So, I'll leave that there. Um, let's hit some more SmackDown notes before we get into anything else. So, there's a rumor going back around that, because we all know Daniel Bryan and Edge are both on the SmackDown writing team. And um, Daniel Bryan has been getting a ton of praise. It's what he wants to do. It's what he's going to do. Um, 
the rest of his life. Like, once again, I think, who knows how long this full-time thing will last. Um, I don't think it's going to last long. I, I can see it lasting until the summer next year. Then he just becomes a, a backstage presence, um, in my opinion. Um, but Edge supposedly isn't doing well and not really too focused on that. But to me, and once again, I have to say this, I, I've never been an Edge fan. I was always a Christian guy. Edge, um, he's talented. Like, I think Edge has always come off as more of a Bret Hart, where he's good at putting himself over, but like putting other people over. I don't. I just don't. I just. And this just comes from Edge talking a lot of times. You know, like to me, I don't think the fans in any genre of entertainment should have control over the product, right? Because a lot of times fans think they know what they want, but they don't. But with, with, with a lot of things, though, and more so with WWE, they get in that in that um, in that bubble, and all of a sudden the fans don't really mean anything. Like to me, someone like a Daniel Bryan who's actually looking at wrestling and not necessarily looking at who's a star. To me, I get it. Edge is a superstar. Edge has had some great moments, but Edge was pretty pedestrian in the ring, in my opinion. You know, once again, I, and I'm being completely honest, I've never, I've never been an Edge fan. You know, when he had his reign, like, I was, I didn't watch SmackDown much. I was, I, I watched it, but it was like, uh, it was haphazard. So this doesn't, if this is true, this doesn't surprise me. Mainly because it's kind of like, I, I, he reminds me of a Bret Hart, someone who clearly takes offense when someone says they don't like something of, of his that he does. At the same time, he knows how to tell people just to F off. You know, and um, that's just my opinion. You know, just doesn't surprise me. Also on a SmackDown note, uh, Lars Sullivan, who we didn't see on TV this week, to my knowledge, unless I missed that segment. Um, apparently, Vince McMahon has nothing for him, which is terrible considering this dude is a monster. And that's all Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon gets orgasms in the morning when he wakes up with a boner from hearing the word monster and having them. Um, that's not good for him at all. At the same time, he's had so many issues. This guy just has issue after issue after issue. And no, I have not forgotten that story. I will tell that story. I'll tell that story sometime. I just heard from the person that I was waiting for from, and I can tell the story. So I can tell the story. Um, but that's not good for him. And I don't know what you do with them because... He doesn't seem very charismatic. Uh, I, w- I don't even, I don't know what you do with him, you know, um, especially since you have Braun, more Braun in a second. But I just mm, I don't know. I don't know what you do with the guy. And finally, uh, Fick Finley, uh, Fit Finley, excuse me. He uh, is back as a producer. He was furloughed some time ago, and uh, now he's back. So that's good to have him back because I know he was he's he's always been instrumental with the woman, you know, and everything else he brings, obviously. But I mean, he gets m- main praise on the women and how he helps them out and how he helps them uh, get to s- different stuff. So uh, anyways, let's go to since we were talking about Braun Strowman, let's just hit Raw. Braun was suspended indefinitely for putting his hands on the commissioner, Adam Pierce. I'm calling him the commissioner because it's clear he's the freaking commissioner. Um, 
But apparently this was a way to write Braun off TV because apparently he got injured at Survivor Series. Um, and, and it sounds like they were going to head for a Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, WWE Championship match at TLC. That's clearly now been changed because AJ Styles, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle all won their respective matches in order to go to a triple threat match next week, which will be today. Um, and the winner gets a shot at the WWE title. I would have to imagine AJ Styles is going to win that, even though Keith Lee has a disqualification victory over Drew McIntyre. You know, but I don't know, you know. I mean, they use these three things to kind of further storylines for other people. Like, AJ Styles had his qualifying match against Randy Orton. Well, Bray Wyatt was tormenting Randy Orton during this entire thing. So, they're heading to an Orton-Bray Wyatt feud. Um, the only thing I remember from the last feud was how bad that WrestleMania match was. Oh, boy, that match was terrible with the, the worms they put in the ring. I don't know what that was. I was in the building that night, and I remember like sitting, and I remember just like looking at, like, saying like, "What are they doing?" It was god awful. Um, but yeah, it was. Oh my god, it was terrible. Um, but yeah. Um, also, the new day beat the hurt business again. I don't know why they did this match. And technically, they did the match twice. Um, there were some, matter of fact, I want to hit SmackDown again, because that, that's something I want to say, but this reminds me of what they're doing on SmackDown with the Murphy and Mysterios. So Murphy had a match against Baron Corbin, the Murphys, I mean, the Mysterios, oh, some Murphys, the Mysterios and the Murphy, and Murphy came off as complete heels here, and he won by cheating. Now, I'm not complaining because it's Baron Corbin of all people, but I don't, one, this, this, this screams wedding. And Murphy screwing Aaliyah over, and that leads into a few another another endless feud. This just screams that. This screams a wrestling wedding. Now, they could swerve, and Aaliyah could turn. Why would she turn? I don't know. But this screams like a Murphy Dominic match. Hopefully not Mania. We've seen this match over and over for the last seven months. We don't need this. But this screams a wrestling wedding. Now back to the New Day versus her business. Why didn't it, why didn't they just wait till TLC to do it? So the New Day lose the match by count the first time. So then MVP comes in and says, no, start the match over. We want we want to beat them again. Well then the New Day beats her business again. So I'm like, one, why are you like hesitating on putting the tag team championships on her business? Two like what's what's happening right now, you know? It's it's a, I, I don't get why they needed to beat them. Tw- uh, why they need to have two different matches to beat them, and there's clearly no other number one contenders. So are they just just waiting for TLC to do the drop. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but that match did not need to happen, and it definitely did not need to happen. Deuce. So that's just my opinion. Um, also, back to that triple threat match, the qualifying match for Bobby Lashley was with Keith Lee. Why would you have this? Then they lost. Then um, MVP came in and attacked Keith Lee. Keith Lee has had so many disqualification wins since he came up to the main roster. It's like Jesus Christ Almighty, dude. It's just super stupid. 
I wouldn't have put these two against each other. I would have made it like Keith Lee. Let's see. Or you know what? If you're gonna do it, uh, well, you can't do a triple threat match because you're having a triple threat match. But you could. I, but what I would have done is Keith Lee versus who else is on Raw? Let's think about the let's think about the Raw roster for a second. I would have done Keith Lee versus Cedric Alexander. So you still have someone in the Hurt Business in there. And in that way, Keith could get an easy win. Not an easy win, but a win. But I don't, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I'm trying to, I try to understand it, but I don't get it. Um, Alexa Bliss did beat Nikki Cross in a match. And um, this is clearly heading to some kind of mixed tag match. So I think the rumors from a couple weeks ago were true where... Uh, I think it was supposed to be Edge and Beth Phoenix at WrestleMania now versus these two. And Edge and Beth Phoenix do not need to be winning that match. They don't. Just my opinion. Um, let's go to NXT, then lastly we'll hit up AEW. Um, and then we'll get a couple, the last couple of news and notes. Um, Tony Storm turned heel. She uh, beat helped beat down Rhea Ripley and, and EO and and Ember Moon, and Ember Moon sold like death here. It was great. So Ember Moon's going to run in. She she had stopped by Tony Storm, thrown in there, beat down. And later on in the night when Rhea Ripley was cutting a promo to make sure that uh, everyone knew she wasn't leaving NXT, all they, uh, Raquel and the rest of the, of the Women's War Games group came out. And the, new, the, the War Games group on the women's side is Candice LeRae, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai and Tony Storm. Now let's be honest, a fifth member is gonna I don't think it's gonna be an official fifth member, but there's gonna be some some uh interference in there by Indy Hartwell. Um, who by the way took one hell of an eclipse from Ember Moon in this in this in this night uh to save Candice Array. Um they walk out, Rhea tries to fight Finn for herself, and um she can't, she gets beat down pretty good. And to me, and Kevin Owens said best, because Kevin Owens was on commentary for NXT this week. He said it best. They better hope they're in the match, which means they're going to be in the match. Kevin Owens this night was great. He had a great week, in my opinion. Um, he was doing an interview with Leon Rush. Leo Rush. I will fuck you all call him. Leon Ruff. And um, I call him Leo Rush. Leon Ruff. And um, he was saying, he was just sitting in the middle of the ring. And, he, and uh, Johnny Gargano came out. And he had said Damian Priest's name. And Kevin Owens was like, what are you doing? He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, anyone knows that once you say something, the person's music's going to hit. So he then counts the three. He's like, oh, maybe this is a different NXT. And all of a sudden, two seconds later, Damian Priest's music hits. <laughs> um, he was freaking great here. Um, and I just thought it was very entertaining. And um, his, his dry wit to me is... It's always just great, you know. Um, Boa and Zia Lee, they look terrible. They're in the car. They're begging. They get out. There's, we have another skit with that older Asian man. He's begging for, they're begging for forgiveness. And then this higher power, as it seems, then is telling them to shut up. And and they put a mark on both of their hands. So, like, they're forgiven or whatever. But whoever this mystery woman is, uh, she must be a bad mf'er. I'm looking forward to seeing where the storyline goes. 
I like Zaya. I like Boa. I, I think it's going to be entertaining. They were spooked as hell during this whole thing. Um, which is always great. Fantastic. Uh, Finn Balor cut like a short promo saying he was back. So I'm assuming, um, even, I don't think he, even if he doesn't have a match at TakeOver, I'm assuming he's healthy and he doesn't, he doesn't have to vacate the NXT Women's Championship, Women's Men's Championship. Otherwise he would have, they would just make that announcement and got it over with. But the fact that you have a war games now, which is going to be your main event, you, you pretty much have the card filling out. You have the, the war games match, you have the triple threat match for the North American Championship. Things are filling out pretty well. I, I don't think you need an NXT title match. And, and, I, and I don't see a clear contender because any clear contender is going to be in the men's championship. I mean, men's war games match. Um, so I think you can push this off a little bit until if they have another takeover in January during Royal Rumble weekend, but we'll see. Finally, Pete Dunne defeated Kevin O'Reilly in a get the man advantage ladder match. These guys beat the hell out of each other. The last two Kevin O'Reilly matches, oh my God, have they been brutal. They have been brutal, brutal, and I suggest you guys watch this match. It's like 20-something minutes. Um, I know it's on the WWE Network now. Um, I suggest you guys do watch this match. It's fantastic. Now, what you won't find on the WWE Network, and I'll call this the most divisive thing of the week because it started on Monday, last Monday, and just built. And apparently someone noticed that December TLC December, excuse me, TLC December 2013 was removed from the WWE Network. Why? No one seems to know. Now, who found this out? I have no clue, but it just started building this groundswell, and it got bigger, bigger, and bigger. Well, if you don't know what that's notable for, let me tell you. It's notable because that is the final pay-per-view that CM Punk was on. Outside of the Royal Rumble in 2014. But that is a pay-per-view where CM Punk defeated all three members of the Shield. The thing he was talking about on that podcast with Colt Cabana. I seem to, I personally think this is, this is just crazy conspiracy theory talk, personally. But I don't know what to think about this. Because these things take a life of their own once they get the internet. I think, it's, I think that would be a weird pay-per-view to take off. You can't take off the Royal Rumble. That's just, you're not going to take that off. But I just think that's a weird pay-per-view to take off, considering, one, the Shield's no more. Two, Dean Ambrose isn't even in the company anymore. So, I don't know. I, I do find it to be very, very weird. But... I just thought I just thought that would be interesting to put there right there. Uh, last two uh, notes before I get to AEW. Uh, Bob Ryder, one of the founders of TNA Impact, has passed away. Um, Impact still is making a legacy to this to this day. We know they're we we know they're harder to, to kill than freaking Bruce Willis. Um, but without him partnering up with the Jarretts, uh, Jared Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, we wouldn't have got a lot of the great talent we have. And I never want to disrespect ROH. But even, but no, at, never at one at one time did they have the reach that TNA had. TNA had a national TV deal. 
several times over. So it made things easier to find them. How I found out about ROH was simply because I lived in Maryland at one point in time in my life. So you got Sinclair's based out of Baltimore. So you got to see ROH on t- on you know, local television and stuff like that. But not everybody got that. You know, not everybody. I've been told by people who lived on the West Coast, I never heard of ROH until, you know, they started putting out DVDs. You know, so I can't understate the impact that uh, his what his what he founded has done and still does today for the wrestling business. So uh, my condolences to him and his family and uh, just wish you the best. Uh, uh, I wish his family the best of luck. And uh, I've never heard a bad thing about Bob Ryder. Uh, just seemed like a very nice guy from where I've read and what I've been told. So uh, wish them the best of luck and my condolences. And also Gilbert, according to Jen, uh, James Ellsworth, who has a close relationship with Gilbert, has had a heart attack. Apparently he's recovering. Um, so speedy recovery to him as well. Uh, last bit of news today. Let's hit AEW. I thought this was a really strong show. Uh, with the first appearance of the Taz mission in AEW used by Taz. The, uh, Cody came out because Taz was holding up the show after Will Hobbs defeated, uh, got a good, got a win. And um, Taz was saying he wants to be treated well, but his mic kept getting cut off. His mic kept getting cut off. Finally, Cody, who seems to be a, who seemed to be a gorilla, said, what are you doing? Come on back. It's in the segment. And, and Taz wouldn't leave. So finally, Cody was handed a mic by a stage guy, and Cody went to talk to him. And... Taz just wants FTW. He wants some respect put on that championship. Cody, <laughs> he didn't do that. Um, and Cody then uh, said, hey, man, let me, let me ask you a question. It's all about the FTW title. Well, your son, your son, he's he's training to be a pro wrestler, right? Hook. His, his, name's, his son's name is Hook. He says, how come he's training with me and not you? <sighs> what a blow. You know, and it had nothing to do with it, in my opinion, it had nothing to do with Taz doing it, but you know, they've been going back and forth on social media about this dang on FCW championship. Cody just probably got tired of hearing about it. So then Taz drops a mic and says, Can't believe you did that. I'm shocked. You're pathetic. As soon as Cody turned around to tell everyone to cut the commercial, he was putting the Taz mission. And I love the way they sold. Cody's face was bloodshot red. He was being choked out. And the gun family came in, and Taz promptly left. Um, this is leading to a match this Wednesday, uh, which will be the same night Kenny Omega will defend, oh, excuse me, will get his AEW World Heavyweight Championship match against John Moxley. I have to assume Mox is going to drop the title here because uh, he's going to go to Japan for uh, Wrestle Kingdom to drop that U.S. championship to Kenta. So I'm assuming this is going to happen here. Um... Kenny Omega had, was having his all way overblown entrance. All of a sudden, you see someone a, sh- a second shadow come from behind, beat him down. Moxley gave a beat down here to Omega, and then he said, "Hey man, you come for the king. You better not miss, cause I don't take prisoners." And boy, oh boy, did he lay out Omega. Um, this is gonna be a great match, and I'm still wondering who was the person that attacked. John Moxley, because earlier in the night, John Moxley approached King's, Eddie Kingston and said, hey, did you do it? Eddie Kingston said, no, I'll do it to your face. And he was like, you know who did it. 
So he assumed it was Kenny Omega. It's not Kenny Omega. I think Kenny Omega probably put a hitter out, as Moxley said. But who it is might be the man that cost him the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. For some reason, I don't think Omega's winning this match clean. Just my opinion. Um, Death Triangle. Death Triangle had their first match. They were not together, but it was a tag team match with uh, with Phoenix and uh, Pac against uh, The Butcher and The Blade. Uh, they got beat down at the end of the match by Eddie Kingston and crew. Finally, Lance Archer comes running out. I had completely forgotten that Eddie Kingston has just been leaving so many people in the wake and disaster in his in his in his quest to get that AEW championship, which he did not win. Lance Archer came out, a fight ensued, Kingston ran, and uh, Archer said, I haven't forgotten, I'm coming for you. So the butcher of the blade and Eddie Kingston have some problems. Mainly Eddie Kingston. Uh last person you want is the murder fro coming for you. Um so I'm interested to see how that's gonna work out and what kind of match that's gonna lead to. I would assume an eight man tag. Um, but like, I, I'm interested to see how that's going to go, but you have some great talent in this match, but the team of Death Triangle, Pac, Phoenix, and Penta versus an Archer versus Butcher, the Blade, A. Kingston, and whoever else, they're going to get, they're going to get effed up. <laughs> There's too many good towns on the other side to not get, to not get, no messed up. Uh, Top Flight officially signed an AEW contract, so congratulations to them. And to me, Dave Silver's a star. You know, he had a great match with uh, Hangman Page, and I know Dark Order tried to recruit Adam Page after Adam Hangman Page afterwards, but Page doesn't need to be in another group, one. And two, Adam Silver is going to eventually go on his own. He is too talented, too entertaining of a person to not go on his own. I can definitely see the TNT Championship not in the near future, but sometime at some point in 2021. So, and the uh, last thing I want to talk about was the women's championship match. You had Sheeta defending against Anna, Anna J. How she earned one, I was trying to remember, but I don't think she actually earned a championship match. But I'll just leave that alone. Uh, they had a decent match here. Uh, it's it's clear. To, uh, Conti is not fitting in to the Dark Order ways. Uh, she was, t- uh, Anna Jay walked over to her and said, hey, hand me a chair. She handed her a chair. Then she immediately grabbed onto it and said, hey, you don't need to do this to win. And so, and so that was just a distraction. And then she was handed a Kendo stick behind the ref's back. She nails Sheeta in the leg with it. Uh, Anna Jay ends up losing this match. I, I didn't think she was ever going to win. But it's clear that we're headed, we're having a Conti versus Anna Jay match. And it's clear Conti's Dark Order days are very much numbered. But to me, what was more notable out of this, because you kind of had that story being told already with those two, was at the end, Sheeta comes out, uh, was, was leaving, she's limping out for this war. Abaddon has now staked her claim to be the next challenger. I would love to see Abaddon work with Sheeta and finally take that AEW Women's Championship off of her. She would be terrifying as a champion. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. She did do some disgusting stuff here by licking the title and pretty much christening the title in blood. Uh, I wouldn't have done that. But that's the character. And so that match I'm looking forward to seeing whenever it does happen. So, 
Anyways, that is the show for this week. It's longer than 15 minutes. And um, I'm just looking forward to this week in wrestling, this week in general, as we head into December. Usually the slowest time in professional wrestling, but the last couple of years we've had you know, AEW, so I don't see it slowing down. I just see it ramping up. Uh, and also, uh, NXT TakeOver War Games is next week. I think I will do a review on it, and we'll see if I put it out separate or together. I have to, I have to figure out my schedule, but I'll let you guys know. Now drop it on Instagram. So, anyways, thanks for joining me. That is a show for this week. I see things a little differently.